What's up, everybody? We back. It's not Tuesday, where we normally record. It's a Friday, because Kane wanted a Tuesday. <laughs> My dog's going mental upstairs. Dogs are fighting upstairs. <laughs> Kane wanted a Tuesday off. Thanks for letting me have a Tuesday off. That's all right. I need, dude, I needed it. I called you I called you a little bitch. You did. You did. <laughs> I was just, I needed some rest. I needed some rest and some wifey time. Some wifey time. Some wifey That's time. That's wifey time. How are you? Good. I'm I'm tired, man. This week has been busy. Busy. You In a good just, way, though. You can just leave it on us for a bit. I'm just, I'm kind of get used to being oh, okay. able to talk and switch I'm between the camera. Okay. For those who are listening, I've got a switchboard in front of me, which is two cameras. So I'm trying to talk and press buttons at the same time. I'm trying to be clever. And I'm creative. trying to be clever. It's like we're there, we're there, we're there, we're there. For the for the viewers, hey, switch it, hey, switch it, hey, one more time. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> how you doing? Um, that's gonna get weird to get used to, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um. Yeah. How are you? How's life? How's your how's your week? Yeah. Super super busy. I feel like I've not seen you in. Ages. I know it's been like slightly more than a week because we didn't do the the. Oh, the, the podcast. The, the program. Program. The program or the podcast. I missed you. <laughs> I, missed you. <laughs> I spoke to you every day, but I missed you. Um. Now it's been weird. What but, did I do this Sunday instead? Oh, I taught for Louis Spence's masterclass this mm. week. I went all the way to Newcastle. Um, that was lovely, lovely experience. Um, Newcastle's far. <laughs> Newcastle, <laughs> Newcastle is far. <laughs> Newcastle's really far. How long did it take you? Uh, I stopped off to pick up another teacher called Catherine in Birmingham, so that added on a bit of time. But I want to say four and a half hours. That's quite a long way to drive, isn't it? Yep. That's a lot of coffee breaks. Uh, two. That would have been at least four for me. Yeah, no, I, had a I had a guest in the car. Oh, yeah, it makes it so much easier, doesn't it? Do you know it? what, though? I come up with it. So I'd never met this lady before. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a musical theatre performer and teacher. Her name's Catherine. I'm probably going to get on the podcast at some point. I want to say her last Where is she? Birmingham? Uh, no, she, I picked her up in Birmingham. She's right. from London. But the trains were dog shit. Right. So basically, she couldn't get the train to Newcastle and back because the trains were horrendous. And they were like over £200 a ticket. And um, so the organiser of the Louis Spence masterclass thing, not Louis, uh, messaged me being like, would you be able to, you're right mate yeah i've lost the, the remote the, the remote <laughs> whatever comes up there uh, i'll get in a minute the um the organizer was like would you be able to pick her up on route like you don't have to and i was mm. like you know i'm not really up for normally picking up strangers in my car <laughs> like especially female ones whenever fiance like <laughs> <laughs> George, i'm sorry yeah it's not really a good look and i was like but like this is a performer if she doesn't do this like i don't know she might not be able to pay a bill mm. like if that was me and I I had lost a wage just because trains were a bitch, like You'd be mad. I'd be gutted. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no worries. I'll meet her in Birmingham. I think her name's Catherine Burns. It's really bad if I don't know her name after I sat in a car for like 10 hours with her. <laughs> um, and thank goodness <clears throat> she wasn't a weirdo. Uh, actually, that'd be the worst. Dude, she's actually, <laughs> imagine like sitting in the car for silence the whole way with someone oh, you don't know. So uh oh um <laughs> you just you know when you slightly turn the volume up in a car yeah you're just like that's, that's your cue isn't yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to talk anymore <laughs> like well you know me i'm a fucking chatty kathy chatty but so is she her name is kathy uh bland yeah that was really like a dad joke in it yeah. um but no we had it. a great time like super like get to know and then when we got there i was like i come up with a great concept for a tv show Right. Well, like, you two collabed on a TV show idea. No, no, I came up with it on my own, but she was part of the thinking of the creation. Right. Like, uh, you have to pick up a stranger or who you're going to date and drive, like, from wherever you are to, like, right. Scotland together in a car with okay. no music and it gets filmed. 
and that's your day. <laughs> that's, that's your day. Yeah. Ooh, that's hard. Dude, no we distractions. Had, but we had dope conversation. Right. Like we had bands. Like we both would have fully been cancelled because <laughs> <laughs> we were just making the most silly jokes in the world. Mm. But like we had so much fun. Like it was just so cool. I was like, I've never met this person before. And by the time we got to where we were going, I was like, she's freaking dope. Like we had a fun time. You're best friends now. Literally besties. So yeah. I was like, that's a dope idea Let's for get a TV on the podcast. Show. Like you got karaoke carpool mm-hmm. or carpool karaoke. What about like, I don't know, date and drive. <gasps> date and drive. Date and drive. I like it. Get a signer. Get signed on. Do you, know, do you know anyone in the TV industry? Yeah, actually. Do you? Yeah. Do you know a producer for, I don't know what, who you'd speak to, an executive someone? Technical terms. <laughs> Maybe we should cut this out. No one steal my idea. <laughs> I'm full of ideas lately. Oh yeah. All the ideas. But yeah, do you like the idea of date and drive? I do like the idea of date and Solid drive. Solid idea. Um, so yeah, that happens. I mean, it's, there's so much shit on TV, isn't there? It's like naked attraction and all that. Yeah, we like put it. it on YouTube. Yeah, fuck TV. Get a hundred views. <laughs> um, hundred ten if you're really lucky. Ten if you're lucky. Uh, yeah. So yeah, taught for Louis Spencer's masterclass. Uh, that was fun. Josh Warmby was there, which was lovely um, to see him. Uh, nice to teach new people. I guess they were. Was it was it live classes? Yeah. As in not on TV uh, no, camera. No, no, it was just like because you did something like that quite recently. Yeah, you? for Can You Dance, you yeah, did yeah. like pre-record. No, no, it was live. It was good. Thank you, Louis, for having me. And Nick, the organizer, it was a lovely time. Mm. Drove back Monday performers, lovely day at performers. Uh, but actually, I stayed in a hotel. In Birmingham. In Birmingham, so that made my day way better. Yeah, Instead I'm sure that caught like, a lot of the time, didn't it? Well, it saved me like two and a half hours of driving. Nice. That's quite a lot. It's a massive win. I spent my... other than that, don't fuck all. Don't You've fuck been all. busy. I've been busy. So Sunday, I was in Southampton uh, with Hannah Levite. <laughs> Is that right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for H- HLC company. I'm sure her name's Hall- Hannah Levitt Collins. Yeah, it's H- a double barrel. Um, and filmed like a concept video with her. That mm. was challenging. Why? Because I, I didn't know what I was stepping into. Dance like, studio. Yeah, oh, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> but as in like what I was filming, like I didn't Dance. know. <laughs> I'm going to throw my fucking coffee in a minute. <laughs> but Who's I didn't. Playing? Hey? Your Greg's one or your Costa one? My both. Ah, <laughs> yeah. As in, I feel like it was very much like trying to work out how to make it happen in post, whilst li- in live. Because I guess that's your first time filming like a music video esque. Yeah, but it's just because there was no like thought about it before. As in, because I, I didn't know, or you weren't, you hadn't thought about it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I didn't know what the choreo was. I didn't know like. Oh, what, I see. I, I see. didn't know the setting. I didn't know how, like how I wanted the lighting, etc. Yeah. So it's just very much like right. Let's work it out. So did you? So like, it's very brain consuming. It wasn't hard. It was just required for a lot of thinking. Yeah, yeah. Which you don't like, do? No, I'm done. Um, <laughs> did you? Uh, and that wasn't a handful for the record. It was like a, so. It's a two day intensive, and on day three they filmed. Oh, dope. So they rehearsed for two days and they filmed on so third. Did you have any idea? So you hadn't seen the choreo before you got there? I, uh, I got it just before I was getting into bed. Nice. The night before. So nice. I looked in and I was like, right. So you looked at it, didn't think about it and went to bed. <laughs> nice. Yes. I looked at it, thought about it again. I have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> when you got there, did you did they rehearse a few times for you to be like, oh, I could do it like this? Or did you just go, like, bam, let's film? Once or twice. Nice. But there's a bit of a, yeah, you can kind of work out what you're going to do. It's more about how it's just transitioning from place to place. Mm. Did you enjoy it? Um, really enjoyed it. Yeah, really nice to film something very different. Um, something that required a lot of thought. I like being challenged, so it's like, yeah, it's an environment that I like. Mm. Um, and it's good. And then I went home and edited it straight away. So it was a good 15-hour day Sunday. 
Like, Left at like 6.30am and I probably didn't stop working until 10 at night. Buy a camera and be a videographer, he said. <laughs> he didn't say. No, you did. <laughs> I said not to be a videographer. <laughs> you, you, you bought a camera and asked if you could film my things. Yeah, as like practice. I didn't think it was going to go Practice for what? <laughs> the, the next company. Oh. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> I, I, I bought it so I could promote my companies better. Yeah. And now it's turned into a, a separate company. But you enjoy it. Yeah, I love it. Like I'm not complaining. It was just so it. um you get to film attractive people all the time on camera. It's a great job. It's a great <laughs> it's job. A, it is a great job. It's a great job. But um it wasn't something it's not that like you're at Slimming World, like having to film. Do you hear me complaining? No. <laughs> so shut the fuck up. No offense, people at Slimming World. <laughs> <laughs> I won't work at Slimming World either. Um but it it wasn't in a, a planned transition in my life. I didn't think, oh, you know what, I'm gonna be a videographer. Yeah. It just kind of went that way yeah it's the way it works and now I've spent my life savings on camera equipment <laughs> <laughs> which was surrounded by now. surrounded by and every, <laughs> <laughs> and every time you set them up you go this camera stresses me out <laughs> every time <laughs> nice but I love it killing it did you uh, we won't go into too much depth because no one will care by the time this is out but <laughs> can you believe Will Smith left Chris Rock <laughs> Dude, I love it <laughs> what I again it just goes to show the state of humanity how offended everyone is it in both directions Everyone's so like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. It's like, well, I've got, I've got so many different takes on it. Go on, enlighten me. Well, first of all, like there's people dying in Ukraine. So let's get the fuck over Will Smith and Jada Smith's issues. Yep. Like, <laughs> so that's, that's my big, that's my big like overall thought is like, who gives a fuck? Why are we so outraged by this is the by, issue? By Everyone one billionaire slapping another billionaire. <laughs> like <laughs> it's great entertainment in my eyes. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we're so offended by one yeah. billionaire slapping another billionaire. Also, the one place you never thought you'd see the like the one oh, thing you never thought Oscars. you'd see yeah, is yeah. Will Smith slapping slapping someone at the Oscars. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's more of a chance of winning the lottery. Yeah, genuinely, like. You just, you never would think that would happen. No, I, I think it's just like, why are we, I mean, is it just because it's a good conversation for debate or is it, why is everyone so like Because oh, we care more about celebrities and, we do like, and the else. media than we do anything else in the world. Hence, we're still talking about it, but it's just what it is. And I guess it's the one thing that we all are like, we all feel like we know these people because we watch them on TV so much. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. feel like we're part of the story. Like maybe. personally connected to yeah. them. Yeah. Um, Which is what we're trying and to we've do never seen, And we've never seen Will Smith in this light. Like, that's what's crazy. He's like, to me, he's like, uh, everyone's from a child, like from his Fresh Prince of Bel-Air days to like recent times, he's like everyone's hero. Mm. Like no one's got a bad word to say about him. Like he's the public like hero. Did you watch his uh, YouTube thing? Uh, he did like a lose X amount of pounds in X amount of time no. YouTube series. It's good, but it really sure, sure showed a different light to him. Oh, but, and but it showed the walk to me, like watching that, I could see how it ended up with him slapping. Well, and Jay the Pinkett Smith has been throwing him under the bus for the however long, like out well, in all their public life on a podcast, like the round table being like, I've been sleeping with other guys and like making him insuperior and like they're in an open relationship and saying about everyone she sleeps with. Like he doesn't say who he sleeps with. No. Because he respects Dude, her that way. But then she open says, relationship. Yo, everyone each of their own. And you know what? If they can make it work, fair I play to them. Can do it. No, me either. No way. No way. No but That's way. not why we're here today. <laughs> no. But like, um, like he's constantly being like mm. thrown under the bus. Embarrassed, 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 embarrassed. And now he's like, 
than this. It's like over the past, what, five years, our whole perception of Will Smith is like gone. Completely changed. Completely changed. Like he's no longer the funny guy from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No. He's the guy who's... <laughs> Slap someone. <laughs> an, an inadequate male because his wife goes somewhere else. Yeah. Like, not saying he is, but that's like a perception. Yeah, perception. And then she outs him on her podcast on her podcast all the time. I haven't seen any of this. So I've only seen clips of it. Right. And then he goes and slaps a com- a comedian. I know Chris Rock isn't like full on like Joe Rogan comedian because he is still in Hollywood and he still does films. So it's Hollywood bullshit as always. But like he is at the end of the day a comedian and like you just can't go slapping people for like telling jokes. Like you can't go slapping people period. I do believe like we're in a world where there's no consequences to stuff. Like the only consequences people get is cancelled. Whereas I do feel like sometimes people maybe deserve a bit of a clip around the back of the head. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it was obviously a joke. Right. Obviously. Like I don't know the backstory about it. But well, this is, I'm this like, is your reaction. What's the, what's the backstory? Well, you know, she's got alopecia. I didn't know she had alopecia. Like, so yeah, maybe it is an insensitive joke. And apparently Chris Rock says he didn't know she had alopecia. But still... The right thing to do, like you can react, like you you could have said, like you could have shouted, "Yo, don't talk about my wife," or like, yeah, you could have like, but to go up, you could have got up on stage and said something. You don't go on stage and hit a man, like. But all it did to me was highlight how incredible Chris Rock is. My my fan and like my lust for Chris Rock as an artist or a celebrity or a comedian tripled. Really? I was like, you just took that slap like a boss. <laughs> like, you got hit, and then you carried on. Yeah, professionalism. But if I was, I, I think what he should have done, if he re- like, he should have doubled down. He should have been like... Slap the motherfucker. No, no, no. We don't get him back. He, <laughs> Jumped on his back. tiny compared to Will Smith. But like, what he should have done is double down and start telling more jokes. <laughs> that yeah. Telling more jokes, but like, oh... Oh, okay. This is what we're doing. Like, double down. Double down. Double down. Anyway. Anyway, so that's, yeah, the Oscars. I thought that was interesting this week. What are we talking about today? Uh, today's episode, we are talking about what makes a good coach coach or teacher. Not slapping your students. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> what makes a good coach slash teacher? Um, I think there are multiple things which go into this. And, you know, the the answer is always for me. In most topics, it always comes back to, it depends. Remember that, all that equipment you bought that you forgot to use? So you had to move again. Shut up. So okay, you fixed it. <laughs> um, like, it answer always comes back to, it depends. But for me, like, let's start with a good teacher. Uh, what's your intentions on teaching? Why do you want to be a teacher? That's already a good place to start, I guess. Like, do you, are you teaching because you love teaching? Are you teaching because you like helping people? Are you teaching because you feel like you have something to offer or something to give or you just do it for a quick buck? Quick buck and a bit of ego. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's for the quick buck and a bit of ego, like you're probably not already starting off with the your right best mentality. Foot, yeah, the yeah. right mentality, your best foot forwards. You're probably not going to be as invested in being a better teacher as you should be because you're looking at it as a monetary thing, not a I love this thing mm-hmm. um, or I want to love this thing. Uh, secondly, like let's start with like, how your class like say let's go through like a class um like when your students arrive like are you on time like to me if my if a teacher is late for their class like you know once or twice like over a long period of time yeah it's forgivable but if it's a regular like you're already setting a poor example to your students 
Do you know what I mean? You're mm-hmm. already setting a bad example. You're already showing or teaching something that is not, a, not yeah, okay. You're leading by the wrong examples. Yes, exactly. So like it starts from as soon as you enter the room. Mm-hmm. Like when you come in, are you early? Are you on time or are you late? And well prepared. Yeah. Like I think all those things are a huge um, first introduction to the, to the class or to the environment. Because I know when I've been in like class and the teacher turns up late and they're all flustered and stressed, it affects the beginning of the class. Oh, it affects the way they teach for sure. Or if they come in late and they don't give a fuck and they don't care, it mm-hmm. affects my perspective on them because I'm like, you don't care about the money I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I see that way. Like if you pay for a taxi and they say I'll be here at six o'clock and they come at 10 six past six, yeah. six thirty, you'd be pissed. To me, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so already you're setting examples for the room as an educator from the jump. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, when you come in the room, what energy are you bring in as a teacher? Are you coming in in a bad mood? Are you bringing all your troubles from outside? Like if you are, it's not really setting a good example because you wouldn't want the students to come in in a bad mood and bring all their troubles. Like you have to be able to come in and be like, you're the end, you're the power source for the room. You're the mm. one that's guiding you're the, the giver. room. You're the giver. Yeah, like yeah. you have to be the one that's like, no matter what's happened outside, like you have to come in and be like, what's up guys? Like mm. you have to put on a front. Oh yeah. You, know what I mean? you have to act because in this moment, it's not about you anymore. It's about the X amount of people in front of you and you giving them mm-hmm. love and sharing information. Right. Um, obviously everyone has bad days and stuff, but I feel like if you bring in your bad energy into the room as a teacher or your problems, it's going to rub off on those students. Oh yeah. Um, then for me, like a warm up man, like as a teacher, like there's so many teachers and I'm not saying they're bad teachers because they're great teachers or they're great choreographers and they make great steps. But like people don't teach, people don't give the class a warm up. Like to me, I feel like that's part of the teaching experience for me as a teacher. Like maybe some teachers don't like doing warm ups because they feel like there's no benefit to it. Like other than getting your body warm, mm-hmm. which, you know, a student, if you're a good student, you should be able to not rely on just to teach to get your body warm. You should be early and kind of preparing to dance yourself. But like I treat a warm up as in, well, you know, you've done a million of my warm ups. It's, it's a like, technique. It's like, it's I'm, a teaching section. Yeah. I'm it's not, not just, just making your body warm. It's not, we're not like doing some star jumps or like skipping on, jumping on the spot. Mm. Like I'm, we're doing dance moves. We're practicing how to execute simple things like a two step or mm-hmm. a grapevine or a box step. And then we start doing a couple of Bart Simpsons and Bismarck E's. And sometimes I'll teach you how to do it. Like, well, also the way you, the structure of your warm up is you're creating how to create texture. Or how to create texture, how to create movement quality, and and how to understand weight transfers, yeah. all things that are going to, like a 15, 20 minute warm up of all things that are going to carry across to the choreo. To help you. It might not be direct correlation, like this is a move that we're doing in the routine, mm-hmm. but it's going to carry across to help you execute movements within the routine mm-hmm. or, or help the movement quality that you're going to need within the routine. So I think that's my perspective on a warm up. And all that my, the people I've learned from the most, they all deliver like really good warm ups. You know, like Cisco does a thorough warm up. Kimberly Taylor does a thorough warm up. Like Alex Shondoff does a warm up. Like John Graham does a warm up. Marco does a warm up. Like they're all people to me who are like fantastic educators. Like I think they are some of the best teachers I've ever learned from or been in the studio with. And I think it, it doesn't just warm the body up, it warms the mind up. That was It my, sets the tone of like what's about to happen. That was my next you thing. You know? It also makes your brain start like, like 
like John's warm up, which I've taken huge influence and inspiration from, is like he gives you like coordination challenges mm-hmm. or like games oh, where I you have and rhythms and stuff like that. Where it makes your brain have that to think. <laughs> it makes your brain have to think, right? It's not yeah. just about like copy me. We're gonna do this bounce. Mm-hmm. Like there's things where your brain has to work out two different coordinations or rhythm patterns. All thing, all these things are helping your brain problem solve. They're helping your brain figure stuff out. They're making you a smarter dancer as mm-hmm. opposed to just going, let's jog on the spot. Here's some star jumps. Here's some sit-ups. I'm saying it's kind of like for me in the PT world, I always do particular active, muscle activations Yeah, because I, I want the glutes to fire better. I want the rotator cuffs to fire better, et cetera, et cetera. It's exactly the same in carryover. It's like what... I'm trying to fight, yeah. What, you, what are you warming up to carry over? Into yeah, it? it's like, so in like in the PT like world. Like patterns or whatever. Yeah, you know, I, it's like, I don't call it warming up, I call it priming. Oh, that's a good word. I like that. Like, because warming up just means to get warm. Whereas yeah. priming to me means like I'm getting it ready to like start activating. activating like yeah. I'm activating the glutes. Like I'll do a priming exercise before I go and do a heavy squat. Mm. I'm not just going to go in and start doing heavy squats without engaging the muscles I want to use. Target. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the same thing, like with dance, I guess you're... Um, I'm trying to prime your brain to to start picking up stuff. Mm-hmm. So I give you little challenges to get your brain into working mode as opposed to just going, here you go, stress. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm <laughs> warming you into it. Uh, my name's Kane and I'm one Ian, two Ian. <laughs> yeah. Seven and an eight and a nine. Like, <laughs> and a nine? And a nine. I'm really trying to fuck you up today. Um, so yeah, that's what I think. Like the warm up is like really, really important. So I think all the best educators I've learned from always do like a solid warm up. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I said, it's not just about the physical aspect, the mental aspect too. And I think kind of reeling back to what you said about um, your first impressions, not your first, but like the way you walk into the room. I can't remember the exact statistic, but something like you make your first impression with the first seven seconds of meeting someone. Mm. And it's like quite a long time to um, change that perception. I'm not saying this obviously just in a dance class, but like a, in life, in, in life, if you meet someone, make sure your first seven seconds is solid. Mm. And I think, as you said, that energy you, you introduce yourself with will dictate how your students perceive and relate to you throughout the whole class. Exactly. If you're just like, hi, my name's Kane. Today we're going to be learning Mario. It's not like, it's not engaging, it's not exciting. Yeah, yeah. But if you, with a big smile and, you know, or like, you know instantly when you're dealing with like a, an egotistical teacher. Yes, 100%. Versus a, a giver. Yeah, you yeah. Know, somebody who wants to take versus someone who wants to give. I agree. Um, what else makes a good teacher? I think... Obviously, being able to deliver the information that you're asking the students to learn in multiple manners, multiple ways. As my exact, my next point was different communication skills. As like, opposed to just going, these are the counts. Because mm-hmm. not everyone can learn with counts. Some people might need counts. Some people might need rhythm patterns. Some people might need lyrics. Some people might need, like, mm. sounds. Like, and sounds. So if I'm mean? in the like, back of your class, I'm going, boom, ta ta ta. Like, I, yeah. I make the noises up as I, as I learn, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm terrible beatboxing. Oh. Um, boom, ding. <laughs> but I make stupid noises because I go, oh, that that noise sounds like this. Yeah. So like, I'm sure you've noticed. Like, what I try to do is if I if I don't know the counts and I don't know the all all the lyrics, say I know one or the other, I speak those counts or those lyrics with this with the, the execution. The execution. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be like three uh, and a three four. <laughs> and a four and a five and sixty and a seven yeah. and eight one. Like I'll drag it out because I want you to drag it out like. And it makes you understand the movement, doesn't it? Like, yeah, to I, me, the moment someone does it, I go, oh, I, I know what the texture or the dynamic of that yeah, movement means. Yeah, because in my head, I'm tr- you're way trying to be the visual representation. Whether I can do it or not, it's a different story. But. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to be the visual representation of the sound, uh, yeah. of the music, right? Um, so I think a good teacher can deliver in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not saying they have to be incredible at all of them, but you have to be able to try, at least try and offer it. Don't just go, this is the one. This is the one. And sometimes I'll ask, what does everyone want? Lyrics, counts, or noises? You know what I mean? I'll ask the room what what they're finding Mm. easier, especially if something is like musically quite challenging. Mm. Like some people, when it's like a lot of counts or a lot of numbers, they're like, E and a what? Like it's too much for their brains. So they need like just some sound effects or lyrics or rhythm. So I think being able to give different options is a good thing. Mm. And I think being able to make like information feel relatable. For example, you oh, I can't think of an example, but something that I do in the PT world is I I try to relate it to a sport that they might understand. Mm. Think of this as a, a golf swing. Think of this as a yeah, you know, as a rugby scrum, et cetera, et cetera. And I think like teachers that do that in dance well go, Oh, think about putting your seatbelt on. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you instantly go, when it gets to that section, you go, oh, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. So you're finding a, a metaphor of or an yeah. analogy of like an, what the being able to is. Yeah, I guess find analogies for people to relate to stuff. Mm. Like when I'm trying to talk to people about using their hips instead of keeping their hips square to the front, like their hips and their shoulders. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people dance very two-dimensional and very square. So I'll always use like the analogy like uh imagine you're a lorry. And you've got headlights on your hips and on your shoulders. I don't want you all your lights to face forward at the same time. Mm-hmm. I want you to be utilizing your torso and moving them in different directions and different dynamics. So I was like, so it should look like Disneyland, not like a lorry facing <laughs> forward. You know what I mean? Like it should look like <laughs> lights, lights, of, yeah, a light yeah. show. I like that. Like, because there should be constant like movement throughout your torso, which make your hips and your shoulders move in different directions mm-hmm. as opposed to being square and two dimensional. We wanted to have like a three dimensional like aspect to it. Um, so finding different analogies, you know what I mean? Like find like, even if it's little things like on this moment, we're going to like warp, like imagine you're in the matrix for account, just little yeah, things yeah. where people go, oh, I can understand I get what it he now. means. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes that one sentence can really be a click moment for huge for like how to. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I got that. Um, my teacher at college, um, she used to use a lot of analogies. Like, so she's fantastic at making you understand things that are like out of your ability to just use normal like description Mm -hmm. to use because like when I went I was very very beginner you know what I mean and she would explain like the importance of a plie and she'd explain why a plie isn't just bending your legs and straightening them and like she used this great analogy and I still use it now she's like imagine your plie like you use it to like generate power Mm -hmm. so imagine I had a bow and arrow you're putting if it I back. Want to, you're pulling it back as far as you can yeah. to generate as much force as possible to shoot that bow and arrow as far as you can. That's your plie. That's your plie. So the more like deeper into that plie you get, the more you use it, the more power you're going to be able to generate mm-hmm. to move. Like little things like I that. Use, I like, use a bow and arrow as an example in PT as well. I'm like, that's such a good analogy. Yeah. Like, especially for me, because I live in a plie. Like, and I'm always trying to get people to live in a plie. Mm. Bend like, your knees. <laughs> bend your fucking legs. <laughs> um, that's my next t-shirt. Bend your fucking knees. Um, down without the fucking but but yeah like I think being able to use like analogies and stuff you should actually have a teacher t-shirt with bent knees on the back yeah because then everyone's going to be thinking bent knees yeah well I'll I'll make one you'd think Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, but yeah I think like that makes a great teacher if you can Mm. find ways to make it relatable to different students you know Something that I've um, certainly adopted. Uh, so I took a kind of foundation life coaching course uh, a year or two ago. And something that I learned from that was to ask more questions. And what I mean by that is instead of just always saying, this is how you do it, this is how you demonstrate, and then you demonstrate it, is going, what do you think you could do better here? What do you think is different here? What do you, you know, where are you going wrong throughout this movement pattern or whatever? Mm. Or what could you improve on? So even though you know the answer, you're getting your student to work out the answer 
for them, which creates this kind of a trust and accountability within their own mm -hmm. knowledge. You know, it's like if you're teaching, let's say, a pirouette, not that I could teach a pirouette very well, but um, instead of saying your weight was here, you could say, where, where was, was your, your weight? weight? You know, were you high enough on your retire? What where did you do wrong? Was your knee to your... What could you do better? What could you do better? I, I use this a lot um, when I'm teaching. I always, if it, like if a student says, can you help me? What's this bit? I'll go, show me what you think it is. Mm. And they'll show me and they'll be like hesitant. And I'm like, just show me what you think it is. And they'll do it. And I'll be like, now what, what did you, what do you think is wrong with this? Yeah, and yeah. I make them figure it out themselves and be their own teacher. Cause then they but, can figure it out later. Cause then they don't need to ask me next time. Uh, they can figure it out. Right. They become their own teacher. Therefore then they become a better dancer cause they know how to fix things. Even stuff like, um, what I've been doing quite a lot recently um, is getting everyone to partner up and give each other feedback. Mm. Because I'm like, if you can correct your peers and you can give your your peers corrections, that means you understand what it's meant to what's, be. What's going wrong, yeah. Therefore, now you're not only going to make sure you don't do your corrections that you've been given, you're going to make do. sure you don't do theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, I think it's an NLP training, where if you, there's a saying, if you spot it, you've got it. Yeah. So if you can spot someone else's error, it means you mm. understand it yourself. Yeah. I use that a lot. Mm. Like, yeah. You don't have class for sure. And always like asking them like, what's so like I'll teach a step and I'll be like, right, how are we going to make this more interesting? What what can we use? Mm. And they'll be like, you know, you get a lot of the time, especially with younger younger dancers or beginners, they'll just shout out things which you like, bend your legs. They think you want to, yeah. yeah they shout out things that you think you want to hear. And I'm like, yes, that's <laughs> correct. But that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, that's a given for mm -hmm. this. But like, what else? You know what I mean? So like, they, I've got a one in 10 chance of getting this right. I have to yeah, say something. I'm just going to shout stuff. So I get like, and I'm like, that's oh, they, something that they know is correct. Like, yeah, bend yeah. your knees. I'm like, yes, well done. But like, what, what can you do to get this better? Get it right. Yeah, like <laughs> practice. Solid. Yeah, <laughs> and I well, when they say practice, I say no, no, no. It's the worst advice ever. Go on, elaborate. Because you're practicing something. That's practice wrong. doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Okay, because if you're constantly practicing something incorrect, you're gonna get good at doing it incorrect. If you're incorrect, got you. Well, makes sense. Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Brunt, told me that. Mm. Mm. In rehearsals, I like it. I but was, I do think when you're practicing something, you start to understand it more. Yeah, but if you keep practicing it incorrect without the understanding, you're always going to have a done, movement pattern wrong. You're always going to have a. You're going to create a incorrect pattern. Mm. Like, think if someone's been squatting or deadlifting or doing a pirouette wrong for five years, how hard it is to undo that. Undo the, the, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So it's not practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Mm. You can have that one, kids. Um, <laughs> uh, tell your teachers when they say, go home and practice. Fuck off, Kane said practice doesn't make perfect. Um, which I, I know full well. Like, I'm, There's so many times I've like gone home and practiced something and I've got like incorrect technique mm. and I come back and they're like, what huh? are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, I thought that was it. And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> I've spent every evening doing this. Yeah. <laughs> spent about four minutes every day yeah. doing this. I, did, I often practice steps whilst I'm like boiling the kettle or whatever. Those yeah. are like my little moments. So like if I'm frying something, I well, like... When I was in college um, and I lived at my mum's house, which wasn't a very long time, uh, I used to go downstairs in the kitchen and in the dark, I could really see my reflection in the mirror and there was slidey floor. Right. So I used to go downstairs every night when everyone was asleep and practice pirouettes. <laughs> did you? Yeah. I often do pirouettes Because there was enough kitchen. space where I wouldn't fall and hit shit. Um... <laughs> 
and the floor was slippery. So I knew I'd wear my socks down there. And I'd go down there and I could spot in the mirror, it, uh, like in the window, and I'd practice pirouettes down there because I really wanted to be good at pirouettes. Right. Didn't work. I suck. But <laughs> they're hard. So yeah. hard. But again, like I think if you have like a good teacher teaching mm. them, like um, my friend Rosina, she has a book pirouette surgery shout out Rosina like she's really good at teaching pirouettes mm. like Josh Daniel te- is really good at teaching pirouettes like, well you can do them for days so yeah you can me. but just because you can do them doesn't always mean no. you can teach them and like, I, I always use so here we go as a teaching thing so I often think I use this as an analogy often is who's faster Usain Bolt or Usain Bolt's coach mm. well Usain Bolt's faster but but Usain Bolt's coach has got the knowledge yeah and I often think there's this perception that the teacher has to be the best in the room and I'm not maybe in dance and again I'm using this in a very general context but I often I think it's there's a skill in knowledge and then there's a skill in the ability yeah so often people work at the skill of knowledge and understanding how to make that knowledge relatable and digestible by the consumer um and not actually working at the skill of the ability mm. so I always I always I, again I've, I see this a lot in dance was oh this person shouldn't teach because of xyz or whatever and I think there's a demonstration there's a there is something to say about the skill of, as I said, the skill of knowledge. Yeah, but I do think you have to be able to execute it to a certain standard. Yeah, I think dance is one of the fewer categories that you have to be able to do what you say you do because then, then the student's not going to be able to understand what's in front well, of them. Well, because it's not just about knowledge. It is about knowledge, but like it's not like science, where it's like a science teacher can tell me how a volcano works, but it doesn't mean he needs to know how to make <laughs> He's a volcano. Not make a volcano. Yeah, 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 like, whereas with dance, it's like, you know, a huge part of it is demonstrating. Yeah, like, which is why I'm. Yeah, as I said, I think dance is. A, I'm not saying you have to be able to like bang it out, but you, you have to have some sort of way to be like it should look maybe something like this. Mm. Like, like you know, otherwise, your otherwise your teaching has to be like phenomenal. to break that down for, okay, to so make someone understand it without having to physically show them or demonstrate at all. Because like a lot of it, again, but it also goes back to what kind of learner you are. Because mm-hmm. some people are a visual learner. Like I'm visual. Like I, if I show me it and I'll copy it, like that's mm-hmm. easy for me to do. Whereas explaining to me sometimes isn't always the easiest thing. Do you think? Because I'm stupid. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> do you think you can be a good choreographer? Do you think you can be a better choreographer than you are a dancer? Yes, definitely. Mm. Which yeah. that I guess that hones in my point of what I was trying to say earlier. Is like I reckon you can be a really good choreographer and not a great like great at the skill of dancing yeah and there are great dancers who aren't great choreographers and there's great dancers who are terrible teachers yeah exactly um so yeah but i do think not having the knowledge is that's solid like the usain bolt analogy is Mm. really good um what else makes a good teacher knowing i think obviously as a teacher you need to be need to be able to give feedback to your students like you need to be able to correct them and like give them good feedback but a huge part of giving is knowing when to give, the, I don't know why I can't talk today, is knowing <laughs> when to give the feedback. Yeah. You know, like I see so, sometimes um, teachers, if they give feedback at all, some don't give any whatsoever, but some might bombard students with feedback, like a specific student with feedback. Mm-hmm. And that student might not, which is an amazing thing because you're trying to help them and you're trying to make them better. But that student might not be in a position that's ready to receive it to yet. Receive it. Because maybe they're still trying to figure it out. They don't even know what they're trying to do, let alone what they're trying to correct. Trying to correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or and that one correction might throw them off the whole... Or they're the really unconfident and you've gone up and you've 
told them that they're doing something quote unquote wrong, mm -hmm. maybe how you give the correction is really important as well. Instead of going, that's wrong, you could go, you could do this better yeah. or good job, but try it like this. Like, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about like, how can you make your student understand where they're going wrong through like better vocabulary and better yeah. question choices. Exactly. Like, cause going up to someone and going, that's not good or you're not good enough or you're, you're not very good or you're rubbish or that's wrong. It's like all negatives, mm -hmm. whereas you can make this learning process a positive. You could be like, hey, good effort. Try it like this. I can see you're trying to do it, but just try it like this. Mm -hmm. If you try it like this, like don't be like, do this. If you, just yeah. if is already nicer it, than yeah, do. Yeah. Like, I think vocabulary choice is so important. Like, so important. And, you know, as teachers, we I don't care what anyone says. We all drop the ball at times. Sometimes I say the dumbest shit. And I and literally within 30 seconds, I, I know I've said the wrong thing. And you've got to try and backtrack like, without, <laughs> was do this. without backtracking, you <laughs> yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. you've got to look confident in what you've said or whatever. But like, you've got to be able to then go up to them like two minutes later and be like, that was better. Now yeah, try yeah. like. You have to like kind of save them, like throw throw them a lifeboat, like or like life jacket, so they don't like give up on themselves. So I think how you give the correction is really important, but knowing when is key to me because mm. there's and how many as well. Yeah, because like something that I've I've definitely learned in the PT world. Let's say I'm correcting a deadlift. If there's three things going wrong, and I try and correct all three in one Not sentence, happening. I they might do one and the other two get worse. Do you know what I mean? It's like, so I have to do one and then maybe two sets down the line or another set down the line. I go, okay, cool. We did this better. Now let's engage the lats more or whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, it, I choose how many corrections I give one person. Yeah. And I think always telling your students why. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like don't just because be like, in the why rather like, than the what. Like sometimes like if we're going from like, you know, in my choreography, I love going from like a plie to like a turn and then going back into a plie position. So if it's just a single, like I always say, like, don't come to your highest releve. Don't come to your highest point like you would in a technical class. And like, you know, that's against everything you're taught in technique. Mm -hmm. That's against everything you're taught in like a ballet classic. You always try and turn at your highest point, as far as I'm aware of. Like, but I would be like, because, you know, we're not in tights, no one's gonna see your bent leg. Like, but it doesn't like, it's not going to make anything easier. You've got to come from your lowest point to your highest point and back down even half a count or one count. It's, mm -hmm. it's so hard. Let's make it easier. Like I'll explain why to do stuff. You know what I mean? As opposed to just... Less distance traveled, I'm guessing, is the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like instead of going, do this, mm -hmm. tell them why. Teach them, give them the knowledge. Don't just give them the... Like what is it? You're, you're better off giving someone... It's better to teach someone how to fish than, than, give, them the than fish give them the fish. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'm trying to always teach people how to fish. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, facts, facts. <laughs> um, in terms of kind of going back to language choices, f I don't know if this is kind of like shifting slowly, but obviously old school teachers, and again across every board, but very strict and disciplined. You look at gymnastics, you look at you know fitness, you look at ballet. schools, you look at ballet. Very strict, disciplined. I am leader, you are follower. Yeah, and to me, like that never resonated with me, and I do have a little bit of a rebellious streak in me, which is probably why. But the moment a teacher gets strict to me, the more I push against it. Yeah. Um, and that is me as a whole. But I do think from a, you know, I've coached for years now. And I think a positive environment will always achieve the best result. I agree. I, you know, after seeing many different teachers teach and many different teacher methods, I've never seen lots of people thrive under drill sergeant under 
the teacher being the strict teacher, you know, tough love. Mm. I've never seen tough love really work that well. Work that well because then it's driven by fear. Yeah. F- yeah. Fear generated responses. I don't think it's, works. Dri- it's driven by fear. And then to me, someone in fear isn't going to feel free and have the ability to explore or try something new. They're just afraid of going wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I say this all the time, like some people are so afraid of making a mistake that they're not willing they to try, try and be right. Yeah, yeah. Which is the general context for most of the people in life, but you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like most people aren't willing to try and be correct because they're so afraid of going wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying, like some people won't try and succeed because they're afraid of failure. You know, like it's the same thing. Like when you're, dr- when you're teaching method is fear driven and you're shouting at people or you're telling people they're bad and stuff, you're not going to bring out the best in them. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to enjoy it as much. Like to me, like, positive atmosphere positive teaching methods are a win i do understand that sometimes like some people do respond better to like Mm -hmm. those things but i think it's a very small fraction of people oh yeah like i i agree like there are some people like i've had this conversation with nina quite a few times she responds well to strict teachers to me i don't get it i'm like if someone tells me to do better i'll tell them to fuck off yeah (laughs) you know it's like to me i don't get it but there are again there are a few people who are better in that environment but I think for the general population, it's positive. Have you, um, like, if you think back to school, mm-hmm. what classes did you like? PE. Why? Because I was good at it. And yeah, I, was, but like, I was free to. But what was your teacher like? It was, it was nice. He's, yeah, fun, all, my, right? all our PE teachers were fun. Like, I hated science and maths in school. Yeah. Shout out Mr. Carpenter and Mr. Delph. Because so you were so strict. Here's an example. Constantly so, telling us off. Like, you know what I mean? There was no fun. fun. There was no encouragement. There was no, like, it was literally like, this is times tables and this is what we have to do. Or this is this and this is what we have to do. Like there was no fun involved. There was yeah. no like laughing. Like I don't even remember the teachers laughing. I remember them playing. I just constantly remember them being stressed and telling us off and making it a stressful atmosphere. So it must be 100%. Whereas like my Welsh teacher, I fucking hated <laughs> Welsh, teacher. bro. I hate Bro, Welsh. that language is so messed up. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm from Wales and it uh, is so confusing. I look at the signs and I'm like, what is dude, this? Dude, my Welsh teacher, Miss Meredith, was so cool. She was so fun. Shout out to you. And my English teacher, Miss Breeze. Like, she was a breeze. breeze. She was a breeze. She was a breeze. She was breezy. Like, but, and I, I didn't like thrive massively in those lessons because I was never educate, like, very good. What's the kind of way of putting it? With education as in like reading, writing, mm-hmm. like learning that kind of formal education stuff. But like, at least I wanted to try for them. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? To... Because they were nice and they were fun. An example of a negative teacher. So I, I never, I never understood rhythm until I started dancing obviously so I started dancing at 21 so I couldn't hear counts I couldn't hear rhythm patterns I couldn't hear any of it and I was in a music class in year nine I feel like you're about to take the piss out of me no 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 I'm not I support everyone fuck off um and we had to do like drum a beat on a lap Hmm. and I just couldn't do it and she she said something like basically calling me an absolute idiot and I never went to a class after that. That one comment, that one sentence completely threw me off yeah. doing music for the rest of my life. So in college, I was really insecure in ballet. Mm-hmm. Uh, really insecure. It was my biggest insecurity. Didn't mind jazz. Didn't mind contemporary. It wasn't that fast. Really, really insecure in ballet. Um, my first ballet teacher that I had in Wales, Miss, her name was Kirill. She was actually really lovely. She was great. And then I had shout out Kirill. Actually, do you know what? I hated ballet so much. And this is a great teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So she couldn't demonstrate everything. She was quite a bigger lady. But um, she was a really good teacher. She could use vocabulary and explain. And she'd be really enthusiastic. And she mm-hmm. was quite scary. Like, she, would, she used tough love when it was needed. 
But like, she knew that that wasn't the way to win me over and for me to enjoy this. And she used to say to me like, what don't you like about ballet? Mm. And th th in this college, I didn't have to wear tights or anything. I just used to wear like joggers and like, so I don't even know why I was so insecure. I just didn't like, I was like, I just don't relate to it. The music means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. And she was like, how can I make this more fun? And I was like, I don't know. And she came in a week later, like, cause we only had her on a Friday and a Tuesday or some shit. She came in and we did a whole ballet class, like run DMC and stuff like that. Really? I had so much more fun. And oh. she was like, see how fun it can be. And I was like, that's a dope teacher. You've adapted, I still hated it. <laughs> but you've adapted. No, I, but I didn't. I, I loved it. And I was smiling and I was like having a good time because mm. I related to the music. That is a really good teacher. And I was like, that's a dope teacher because you've gone and gone, okay, how do I make him learn? Because mm. I was never going to be a ballet dancer, bro. Like, but you needed the foundation. And the, the biggest mistake people think is you have to do ballet to ballet music. Like, it, like I get it if you're trying to be traditional and do it like you want to be in Swan Lake or you want to go to like you want to be very formal about it. But if you're just trying to make your, you're using it for dance quality purposes, like how to make your lines better, how to pick up for, to do better turns, mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Like, dude, you can do that to any fucking music. You can do it to no music. So why not do it to music that the class are going to enjoy. enjoy it with, right? Like, and she did that for me. And I was like, that was a dope teacher. Then I went to uh, next college. And the first teacher didn't like at all, cause, and she didn't like me, just because I wasn't very good, didn't try very hard, but she was never encouraging. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was just like, I wasn't good, so she just went to the good ones. And then I had a guy, and his, <laughs> should I say his name? I've said it on here before. We'll call him Mr. Bell. I won't say his full name. Um, dude, like, he should have been, like, my hero. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember him being, like, he's, like, six foot two. Tall, handsome, like could he look like Prince Charming, man? Big, he was straight. So I was already like, you can be a straight ballet dancer, like naive, dumb Kane at like mm. 17, 18. Like, what? You can be a straight ballet dancer? This is crazy. I never, like, that's not the perception of dance that I was brought up with. Like, yeah. even me doing hip hop and street dancing, air quotes, hip hop <laughs> and street dancing, like being straight and doing that was already such a wild thing, yeah. let alone a ballet dancer, you know? And dude, he was like, so like everything he did was so amazing. Like he made everything look like so powerful and so strong. I was like, mm, fuck if I'm masculine in his approach. Yeah. Too. Like I was like everything, like if there's someone that's going to make me love ballet, it's this guy. Mm. Dude, he's an absolute asshole. And then like, again, it's I taken that. It. I never went back. Me, yeah. I did his class probably for like uh, two years. He taught me. I probably did like 30% of his lessons, 40%. Yeah. Like, like he used to call me Shrek. Like he just was like, and I don't know if for him, it was like his way of having banter, but like, I wasn't confident enough to have banter with. Yeah. I was so insecure. I needed like, you're doing great. You're doing amazing. I needed love and positivity. Do you know what I mean? And then my final ballet teacher, I had Lisa Aldridge. I had her in my last year of like college. I just stopped doing ballet after college, obviously. Um, <laughs> like she is so encouraging mm. and so supportive. And like, she always would tell me like, you could be like, you're going to be good. You just have to like try. Like, you have to just trust me. Like, you're going to be great. Everything was like positive, positive, positive. And I always think back, like, and it's really nice because we teach together now. Like, we oh, work at the same establishment. Right. Do you know what I mean? And we always talk about it. And I always say, like, I wish I had you from the very jump. Yeah, yeah. Because my whole experience of ballet would have been so different. So different. Whereas I was so, like, conditioned in my own head that I didn't like it from all the negatives mm. that by the time I got to her, it didn't matter. And I think that's something that we... I think this is a, a very general context, but we forget that our, the way we approach the situation will ultimately mold someone's experience. Mm. You know, whether that's parenting, whether that's 
coaching, whether that's teaching dance, like the way you teach air quotes commercial to a first year at college will ultimately, well, not ultimately, but has a lot of influence on how that person's going to receive air quotes commercial for the rest of their journey. Yeah, like I get, I get so many people um, that I teach, especially at colleges where like maybe air quotes commercial isn't their thing. isn't their thing and they like they really struggle in people's classes and they struggle to pick up choreography and you know they find it really challenging and they'll always like i get it quite a lot where they go do you know what? i never liked it until i did your class did your class and like to me that's like such a such a victory mm. because the first thing before i can make you good is to make you want to be good mm-hmm. is to make you like it it's to make you love it like if i can make you fall in love with it then i can make you good at it there's a, like that's how i see it because yeah, if yeah. you don't love it how, i i can't be your motivator like there's a, a quote that kind of comes to mind. Like, I'm going to absolutely butcher this. Um, the best way to lead is to get to, the best way to lead is to get someone to do something that you want, but get them to think that they're the one wanting to do it. Mm. I butchered the way that I was said, but like the idea is like get them to fall in love with it themselves and they'll, it's going to be so much easier to lead them. Yeah. You know, like that a lot of the time. That's why I ask like people like what song do you want me to choreograph to? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it I it- know how much of an effect that had on my ballet class. Like, mm-hmm. so if I can go, Song request, guys, what do you want to dance to? Like, and I'll choreograph that next week. I know they're going to come in and be like, yeah, this is my song. Like a performers, they have to do um, an ab exercise every class. Like it's, they call it like PCE. And they have to do PCE. it. PCE? Yeah. PCE? Yeah. Performers, college, I don't know, PCA or some I shit. Know. I don't know. I butchered it hard. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but they have to basically, it's like a set ab exercise to help them engage their lower abdominals. Mm-hmm. Instead of just doing crunches and doing like yeah, their yeah. to engage their... And like, so they do that. They do that every class. I would had an email at the beginning of the year saying, "Can you make sure they do this every lesson?" Right. So for me, they do it every lesson. Yeah. Like, so I always say to them, "Right, guys, what song do you want on?" Because I know, like, whenever they do, they all go, "Oh, like again." Mm-hmm. So I go, "Song choices, like to make it and, more enjoyable." And it makes it more enjoyable. Just the simplest thing. And like, one kid will be like, "I want a bad bitch song," and I'm like, "Okay." And I'll like find a song. <laughs> and bitch. Like, no, no. So I'll, I'll guess like what his song choice might might be, and then like I'll kill it, and he'll be like, <laughs> "Granddad <"Yeah."> came." <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. just stuff like that, and you can see that they enjoy it more, and they're all singing along, even though they hate the exercise. They hate doing it. They probably do it six times a day, and they despise it. But for that three minutes. They're having a good time. They're having a good time. Just because you're giving them some sort some of control. Room. And the way I, again, I often view this, remember what I said about the seven second approach? Mm. I often approach that to my first PT session with a client. Like I always make sure that they enjoy, it's an enjoyable process and it, and um, yeah, it's an enjoyable process. It's your process. audition, bro. Pardon? It's your audition. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's also like, yeah, it's my audition as well. And, but also I make sure that they they feel good the next day. Like I don't beast them. So they can't move and so go, I don't want to do this again. Because but that's the dumbest thing that any PTs do. But it's so common. Oh, dude, it's like, so common. So but, common. But misconception is people think being sore means you've had a good workout. Yeah. No, I mean, it actually means you've had a per- terribly structured workout. It's, and it's, um, and the, the way I often coach and the way uh, I'll relate this to something else in a minute is what does this look like in five years' time? Yeah. What does my behavior install in someone else's behavior in five years' time? I was in a relationship uh, with a woman who had a child and I often came into like a quote parental role and it really opened up a lot of how I uh, lead. Mm. And a lot of the thought process I had was um, what, yeah, what does this look like in five years time? Mm. And also why am I coaching or why am I leading or why am I parenting in the way that I am? Mm. Like what, 
ego is talking, what insecurity is talking, what experiences in my life has led me to lead in this way. Like one of some that came into my mind was um, the way I was quote parenting was something that my dad used to do and I didn't like it. So I changed it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And now often that comes across in the way we teach and the way we coach is what part of me is rising to the situation, which is negative. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Again, kind of like a lot of the time teaching from ego is, again, a lot of the time you teach, you're probably teaching from a place someone else taught you. Yeah. And whether that's a positive or negative is up to you mm. for you to decipher. Yeah. It's weird, right? How mm. like our experiences as a student or, you know, a student from your parents or however you're taught in whatever yeah. field kind of dictate how you might teach yourself, teach yourself or yeah. teach in the future. Um, I also think a good teacher is someone that, instills confidence in their students that they can achieve it eventually even if they can't now so mm-hmm. like even like like i said what's this look like five, five years down the line you might not be able to do it right now like i guess so many students go it's too hard i can't do it and i'll go yeah yet vocab choices yet. again going back to you vocabulary can't do choices. It, but don't forget and I, I remind them don't forget that's why you're here mm-hmm. like you're here to learn how to do it how to do it not to be able to do it because if you could just do it i'm not doing my job correctly because I'm giving you too easier stuff, mm-hmm. or you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, 100%. Like, you're not meant to be able to just roast this from the jump. And I often say to some, but like, I often say to people, this took me X amount of time to learn myself. Yeah. And you've been here 30 seconds. Yeah, like whenever I teach an LV, people are always like, oh, it's so hard. And I'm like, guys, the first time I had to do this, I was in the dance class, and I got picked out in groups. True story. Like, I was in the dance class on a Monday, I got picked out in groups, and I went down in flames. I couldn't get that one. Because of the, the LV. Yeah, but it, like wasn't, the, it wasn't the LV. I could LV. It was like the rhythm that they were asking me to do it in. Right. So I know the class was again on Wednesday. So I went home and I practiced both like Monday night and Tuesday night like crazy until I could do it. So by the Wednesday, I could do it. Get it down. In class. Yeah. And I roasted it. Like I tell them, like, I didn't get it straight away. I'm not expecting you to. No. I was already a professional by then. Like, you know. And there is, again, I think going back, vocabulary choices is so important. It's like just to say the word yet. Mm. One word will can ultimately determine how that student receives mm. their own ability. Yeah. Important shit, bruh. Super important. And then I guess the last thing would be to make sure that they want to come back. Because mm. if you, if they dread your class, like you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be fully down to your fault. They could be like, I always think to be a good teacher, you have to have good students because it's a relationship. It's mm-hmm. a two-way thing. Like I all, all we can do as a teacher is encourage you and give you information it's up to the student to you're given tools they got to build yeah it's up to the student to apply it do you know what i mean but like ideally your student should leave going i'm gonna come back again Mm -hmm. even if they didn't go i fucking love that they they see the value in what in what what you've done what you've done or what doing it again is gonna do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think that's a a good one to end on something that i've definitely learned as a teacher and coaches to ask for people's experiences mm. like be honest like about because you're kind of teaching yourself at the same time really mm. whether you're teaching yourself how to teach better or teaching yourself the steps or the movement patterns or whatever is ask like don't be afraid to ask back from your students or yeah. clients or whatever which I, I've di- I did with the program I asked all the students one month if you give me feedback what can I do better can you do better and yeah, they yeah. actually all said really really lovely things yeah. like and then like I actually and my thing I did get some feedback. They was like, maybe before the before the class starts, don't just start. Let's like do a little group. How are you all? Mm. Just 
to kind of bring, bring everyone together and get everyone in the same space. And in my head, that's what the warm-up was. Mm-hmm. But they wanted like a, a an, pre-warm-up. An, an emotional response almost. An emotional warm-up, like a welcoming, yeah. a greeting. But in my head, I was like, we don't need a greet. We do this every week. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or I know you all. We don't need to do a greeting. But actually, the changing that and doing the greeting made a big difference to mm. the room. Kind of unified everyone before we started dancing. Mm. It's nice. Something that I've, I enjoyed of what you did in your last program was that you got everyone to write down what they wanted to work out and what they're already good at. Remind me, what yeah, the questions? Uh, what are you already good at? What, are you ba- what, what do you suck at? And why are you here? Mm-hmm. And then they have to tell themselves they're amazing. And then they had to, every lesson, they had to rate each one of them out of 10 on how well they've done at that thing. Mm, and then your current accountability within them. It's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's their own it's their relationship it's, with their own development. But it's not just about then writing down the number. They have to explain to themselves what it is. why why they weren't as good this week or why they were better. And I think that it's such a, like... Everyone's going to steal my methods now. Oh, 100%. Sorry, dude. It's okay. <laughs> um, I think teaching the ability to coach thyself is yeah really interesting skill so something that i do every week so i go down i sit in a coffee shop by myself and i with a notepad and pen i coach myself Mm. on what i want to work on what i didn't like about my week what i liked most about my week um what did i suck at what was i good at and it's something that it's a pattern that i'm in and by you doing that you're whether or not you knew about it you're teaching them how to coach themselves Mm. and again it's creating that accountability for their own development and success yeah Important. I think you should do it every program. Oh, I'm going I to. think you should do it the next Easter intensive. No, it's only two days. Why not? I just want everyone to have a good time. Okay. Also, if you want to do the Easter intensive, message me. It's almost, it's almost sold out. How many, how many tickets you got? Tickets? How many positions you got left? Uh, I think it's like four or five. Nice. Yeah, let's go, dude. So, yeah, the 11th and 12th of April in Swindon, hosted at Wilkes Academy. You don't have to be a Wilkes Academy student to attend. You just have to be above the age of 16. Unless, oh. unless I know you're really dope and you're mature, message me. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, yeah, much love, guys. Subscribe on YouTube to watch us. Subscribe on Apple or Spotify or other podcast platforms or Amazon podcasts to listen. We're on Amazon, are we? Apparently, let's go. I've not heard us, but apparently. Um, and follow me at Mister Bull Change. Follow Jake at Gibson, Gibson underscore Media underscore, and follow at the Ins and Outs Podcast. Uh, more content coming. I hope you like what we've got so far. If there's anything, hey, here you go. If there's anything you want to know or anything you want us to talk about or anyone you want us to talk to, let us know. Bye. Bye. Oh my God. We are leaving. Oh my God. I said, I might. I'm just going to fade this out. All right. Fade. <laughs>